0: This week on The Take, we're marking one year since a pair of devastating earthquakes hit Turkey and Syria with a new digital interactive. Listen and watch stories of survival, recovery, and coping with the grief at aj.audio forward slash earthquakes. Again, that's aj.audio forward slash earthquakes. Al Jazeera Podcasts. Welcome to Necessary Tomorrows. My name is Ursula. I am an AI, and I have inferred from your online activity that you have been feeling more dread than hope when you think about the future that is coming for us here in the 2060s. So I have created a course just for you to enhance your capacity for imagining different futures. Necessary Tomorrows, an audio series by Doha Debates and Al Jazeera. Find it where you listen to podcasts calls are growing louder in Israel for the resignation of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and for elections to be held. Many who were dissatisfied before the war on Gaza began are even more unhappy now with how the country is being led. So how can Netanyahu be toppled from what many say is his disastrous leadership? Hello, I'm Adrian Finnegan and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast where we dissect, analyse and help to define major global stories. All right, let's bring in our guests for today's discussion from Tel Aviv. We're joined by Oren Ziv, a journalist and commentator with Plus 972 magazine. Kalan is just 50 kilometres north of there. That's where Tabat Abu Ras joins us uh, from. He's the co-executive director of the Abraham Initiatives and a prominent advocate for the rights of Arab Israelis. And also in Tel Aviv, his political analyst and journalist, Akiva Eldar. Uh, a warm welcome to you all, gentlemen. Akiva, let's start with you. Um, We got some idea from uh, Laura's report there, but why the calls for an early early election? Why are people so dissatisfied with the current government? Are are those calls likely to be heeded? Is the government under any obligation to bring forward the date of a general election?
1: Uh, It's hard to uh, decide where to start, Adrian. First of all, uh, your reporter just mentioned uh, the uh, protest that started a year ago over the judicial reform. Now, uh, nobody still until this very moment promised us that this is over. This uh, uh, attempt to uh, actually undermine the pillars of the Israeli democracy. Number two, it's uh, very clear now to uh, most of the Israelis that Netanyahu is a burden. They believed for many years Um, I think that uh, the the, uh, wake up call uh, started uh, with his trial with the scandals that uh, surrounded him in uh, 2018. And it seems that since then, uh, it's all about his own political freedom and political future, uh, personal freedom and political future. You know, his trial is uh, still continuing. Um, He will probably be subpoenaed, will have to testify. And uh, there are more and more Israelis who think that uh, Netanyahu has taken 10 million Israeli hostage and he's willing to undermine our relationship with the United States. He wants to gain time to wait until the American elections, maybe President Trump will will save him. And uh, what's happening now is Netanyahu is using the uh, anxiety after October 7th over security, over uh, the need for unity. And the person who is a master of incitement, it's his middle name, is now bringing incitements even against the families of the Israeli captives, and is dividing Israel between two camps. One camp believes that the lives of the captives is more important than anything else, and Netanyahu is responsible for what happened to them in October, and Netanyahu has to do everything to bring them back home. And the other camp that uh, is uh, mainly Netanyahu's fans in the media, uh, in the coalition, is inciting against those families telling us the story that uh, they are actually undermining his attempt to a total victory to win this war against the Hamas. So now you can see in Israel two separate camps That have very little in
0: common. Given us a lot to to chew over there, Akiva. Tabat Abu Ras, um, let's start with with those claims that Netanyahu is continuing the war in order to to stay in power and delay his trial uh, for fraud and bribery. How credible are are those claims? And how has the war changed Israeli politics?
2: Yes, uh, the war uh, has uh, had an impact, uh, extreme impact on the Israeli society. It's, uh, but it's still, it's a wake-up call for the Israelis to reconsider their uh, uh, political paradigm. Uh, still, the Israeli society enlarged in, in a post-trauma. I cannot believe that it's happened. Uh, after all, we are talking about the longest war, the most ex- expensive war, In the same times, the most divisive war. And now uh, there is a confrontation with the international community. Israel in large, it's in a very bad shape right now. And this is why Netanyahu left with very extreme uh, right-wing even racist uh, coalition uh, without the Israeli public. Uh, uh, several segments are uh, they are not w- with Netanyahu not supporting the government yet they are supporting the uh, the release of the hostages so uh, the right now i believe that Netanyahu is uh, put in the between the rock and the hard place in one hand he is, he is looking for an achievements uh, in gaza but this war uh, it's not, it's not bringing any achievements, almost any achievements in Gaza. On the other hand, we can see that the killing, the civilians, atrocities that is committed every day in Gaza, it's really bringing more international uh, pressure on Israel, uh, and uh, also now from the Allies, United States and European uh, countries, and also the, now the ICJ. I, 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 we have to witness that. uh, We see that there is a kind of uh, pressure, internal pressure within the Israeli society is built up right now, but still it's uh, it's so small. We don't see the demonstration in Tel Aviv. uh, It's really, uh, it's far from being the, uh, to compare them with the uh, demonstration took place prior to the 7th of October. But I believe this will build up and the, the changing, the change of political leadership in Israel is imminent.
0: Oren Ziv, uh he's survived many previous predictions of his downfall. If there were an election in Israel today, would you bet money on Netanyahu not being prime minister afterwards? Uh, senior members of his own party says that he won't, but you can't put anything past him, can you?
3: Yes, exactly. I think this is exactly the reason uh, Netanyahu is aligning to the extreme right to Ben-Gvir and Smotrich, uh, because in the beginning people thought when Gantz and more centrist uh, figures joined his government, they thought it's for Netanyahu to promote a deal that we knew that the extreme right would not support, that would include the release of uh, Palestinian political prisoners. So the family of the hostages and other members of the public had a hope that the fact that Gantz and Isaac Eisenkotar in the government could affect Netanyahu to go to this deal and to give him some support. Also, uh, Lapid announced that he would support from outside uh, this kind of deal. Uh, but now it seems that Netanyahu understand that if there's a hostages deal, the extreme right will leave the government and maybe later also uh, Benny Gantz after the deal is completed. So he decided to align uh, completely to the extreme right, uh, talking about the fact that only military force would release the hostage. Messages, something that hasn't proved itself in the, the last 130 days. And it's even Netanyahu is insisting not going to elections and just uh, dragging uh, the next two years with these extreme partners. On the other side, of course, we have uh, the protest. Uh, yesterday, there was the biggest uh, protest uh, so far on 10,000 people. Uh, we have to understand that the Israeli public is still in, in shock, and many people felt uncomfortable to protest during war. But as they saw Netanyahu is going back to dealing with local politics and survival mode, they thought it's the time to go out, not only for the hostages, but also to demand uh, the government to resign. And as as I see it, those protests will also grow. And what we're hearing from uh, sources in the police, in the Tel Aviv police, is that this time they will not allow, and we've seen it yesterday, they will not allow uh, blocking of the highway or marches and so on. So also yesterday we've seen some uh, small clashes. But as I understand, the police is uh, trying to align with uh, Minister Benkmeier and and show uh, that they are loyal to him, will not allow uh, the mass uh, blockade we've seen a year ago.
0: Akiva, um, Tabet touched upon uh, the makeup of, of Netanyahu's coalition uh, government at the moment, uh, the most right-wing in Israel's history. To what extent is he being constrained right now by his uh, coalition partners in his decision-making on the war? What do those parties want, especially those those two small far-right parties? Could they actually bring down the Netanyahu government if he agrees to anything that they don't like?
1: Actually, he made a decision that uh, uh, he is willing to confront the international community to say no to the president of the United States, who has his own domestic challenges, as we know. And uh, just this morning, a few hours ago, he passed a resolution in the cabinet that is a clear message to the United States saying, mind your own business. Israel is not willing to hear about a two-state solution or a Palestinian state. And what he's trying to do right now is to dictate a new kind of message to the campaign. He's actually in the campaign right now. We're talking about uh, the uh, protests in the street. He started, while he's calling for unity, and this is not the time for elections, and this is time to hold hands, um, he is telling us that he is the only one who can stop and uh, uh, undermine any attempt to force a two-state solution. And we know the paradigm that uh, President Biden has put already on the table, uh, not formally, but it's a Palestinian state, it's peace with Saudi Arabia, uh, and it comes also with a deal to release the hostages and a ceasefire in uh, Gaza. So what Netanyahu is doing, he is not willing to give a green light to the uh, deal with the the Hamas over the hostages. He is not willing to give a deadline to uh, the war. He is refusing to put forward any exit strategy. And uh, uh, let's see what the Israeli Uh, civil society will say, because he's got his uh, 64 block, the Knesset is also taken hostage by him, by the government, Uh, Gantz is in kind of a catch-22, he's doomed if he stays, he's doomed if he leaves
0: in the time of war, I, actually I'm, the closest story. Akiva, I'm sorry, to, I'm, sorry to, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Ak- Akiva, but I just you, you picked up on, 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 on something there uh, when you said that, that Netanyahu is, is refusing to make a, a decision. To what extent is that actually politically very clever? In uh, by deciding uh, or by not deciding, he's actually deciding by uh, re- remaining ambiguous and letting it drag on. That actually benefits him politically.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it, uh, it seems that uh, his polls are showing that uh, the Israelis are very concerned about the, the even the possibility that uh, there will be a Palestinian state next door in Gaza, in the West Bank, East Jerusalem, Ramadan is coming uh, and uh, people are talking about escalation between Israelis and Palestinians. What he's doing best is playing the zero-sum game. What's good for us must be bad for the Palestinian, and vice versa. And this is working. So I wouldn't rush to bury him uh, if the issue will be Palestinian state or not, and Gantz, uh and even Lapid are numb about it. They didn't say that they support the uh, uh, blueprint of uh, President Biden because it's not popular Palestinian state. And Netanyahu is putting himself, he did it with Iran and you know how he ended, but he uh, has a very good record in uh, destroying any hope for even negotiations on a two state solution.
0: Tabitha Buras picking up on on what Akiva was saying there uh, when he was quoting uh, Netanyahu speaking on on Saturday, the last thing we need right now is elections. We need uh, unity right now. If there's one thing Hamas would like, it's a political fight which would further divide Israelis. He said Israel will not agree to Hamas's terms for a ceasefire and hostage swap. He called them insane. But does the Israeli electorate agree with him?
2: Well, you know, it's very important just to focus on the issue that in Israeli society as a whole, Israeli political uh, map, doesn't have a clear vision. They have several challenges, a challenge of lack of leadership in Israel, uh, A second challenge, the, the peace vision. I believe that Israel doesn't have a clear strategy regarding the Palestinian people and what to do with the territories, except to manage the conflict. And to try to change reality on the ground, and uh, even if we change Netanyahu, and I believe that 2024 will will will, will be an election, a national election, and uh, the I believe that Gantz will be the leader the, of the the coming leader actually replace Netanyahu. However, Gantz will build a. A unity a coalition that consists of the Likud party, the Haredic uh, party, Haredic Orthodox parties, right wing and left wing, because the Israeli society as a whole need needs uh, 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 a unity. The uh, the issue of unity is so important for Israeli. So the I believe that uh, what we need really a vision for peace. I think Israel should rush to join the international community and to try to offer a hope for the Israelis, not only for the Palestinians, Mm. and to go for a real uh, peace with the Palestinians. It's now or never. I believe that uh, the survival of the state of Israel depends on peace and leaving aside Jewish supremacy uh, out of the region. Okay, so uh, in Israeli conduct, actually, should be more respectful to the Palestinian to the uh, issues and should return to the Saudi uh, initiatives, peace initiatives. This is the right thing to do. Okay. Unfortunately, there is no real leadership in Israel that can adopt the Saudi Saudi peace initiative right now, even if the government supports that.
0: Just before I put that to Oren, uh, Tabit, briefly tell us how powerful a lobby. Uh, the Arab-Israeli vote is? Uh, uh, voters are there in Israel.
2: Yes, I think it's very powerful. We are... Consists of 20% of the total population, and we can. We are in favour of political partnership. We would like to uh, uh, to be part of the political uh, uh, process in Israel, and uh, nobody can benefit from peace between our country, Israel, and our people, the Palestinian, more than us. I believe that we are paying at a double price, being Israelis, Israeli citizens, and being Palestinians. In, during the last few—actually, uh, uh, months during the war, we uh, we were silenced by the Israeli uh, system, and we are were interrogated. So this is why we would like to be part of any— anti-Netanyahu government. We would like to be, be part to overthrow the current government. Yet, we are really concerned about the future government. Hopefully, it will be a peaceful government that will go for peace and make peace with our people, the Palestinians.
0: All right, picking up on what Tabat Abbas was saying there, that the survival of Israel uh, depends upon peace. Is that something that, that the, the Israeli electorate would agree with?
3: So, Unfortunately, the vast majority of the public supports the war. Uh, a lot of them consume only Israeli media, so they're not really aware of the horrific reality in Gaza, the casualty, the devastation, the, the all the Gaza Strip that is destroyed, literally destroyed. I do think that if there is some hope, it's the fact that uh, the protesters we saw yesterday in the street and they're not against the war, they're against the government. Some of them are talking about uh, the lack of uh, speaking about the day after. Netanyahu refuses and his coalition refused totally to speak about the day after what will happen. And inside the protesters against the government, you have a small group uh, that of radical left-wing Israelis, uh, Jewish Israelis who have been protesting since they won against the war, against the genocide, against the massacre. And maybe a connected point between this small group and the a uh, vast majority of the protesters are calling for election against Netanyahu is this idea that Netanyahu and his coalition refuse to take talk about the day after, and 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 the public, even the left wing uh, centrist the public who come to this demonstration, even if they don't openly oppose the war, they do understand uh, that there has to be some solution, some diplomatic or po- political solution that Netanyahu and his coalition are refusing to speak about, and this might give some hope for political
0: change. Uh, Akiva, we've got just a few minutes left. What will post-Netanyahu politics in Israel look like? Will there, do you think, be radical change uh, after this war and everything that the country has been through, or will it be more of the same, led by different faces?
1: Actually, uh, Adrian, it's very easy. Just uh, look at... uh, the uh, political map and uh, the Israeli policy uh, on the uh, regarding the uh, conflict, Palestinian-Israeli conflict, the year before, headed by Bennett and uh, Lapid. Uh, the Israeli public, I think, is more mature than uh, the leaders. As uh, Tabet just uh, said, I think that uh, the mass majority of the Israelis understand that we must reach an end to the conflict and end of war. How many more wars can we handle? Um, but uh, even if you look at uh, the possibility of a government led by guns, on his right, there are people who bypass Netanyahu from the right, like uh, Gidon Saar, who were part of the Likud and the radical part of the Likud. So uh, I, I believe that the, israeli peace camp and the palestinian peace camp both in israel and in the occupied territories will have to work very hard to make a difference it's not just changing the leadership it's changing the priorities the agenda and the the uh, moral of the israelis uh,
0: Tabet, i've got about two minutes left i need a very brief answer for you because i want to hear a, a, a little bit more from oran too uh, you were you were nodding vigorously there
2: yeah, well, I I, I second uh, Akiba, I agree with Akiba, but still, I think we need international uh, help. Without international help, I don't want to use the word impose, but I think uh, to pressure Israel to try to obey the first of all, the international law, it's so important to stop this uh, uh, messy war, uh, killing civilians every day, and uh, also to try to come up with a... Uh, uh, a uh, solution peace solution that that based on the establishment of the palestinian independent and sovereign state alongside israel i know that netanyahu is uh, in a battle of survival but he will lose everything
0: Oren, very briefly a, a final word from you are, are these are these protests you think set to grow in the coming weeks
3: definitely they're going to grow they're going to get bigger as as we've seen in the They're going to meet with police brutality, uh, police repression, and this will encourage more people uh, to go out and and join them and hopefully also to relate to the war itself and not only to the elections and uh, against Netanyahu.
0: There, gentlemen, I'm afraid we must end it. Many thanks indeed to you all for taking part today. Oren Ziv, Tabat Abu Ras, and uh, Akiva Eldar. This episode was produced by Christina da Costa, Laura Kahn, Veronica Petrosa, and Jim Gilchrist. Studio sound was by Renjith Kurian. The program was edited by Manish Mathai, Zena Bada, and Joda Frias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. And thanks for listening. Tune in again on Monday for our next edition.